Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi, and joining me to take your questions this evening are Rikas Riedis from PSG Holin One Reimsich and Drikas Combring from Capicraft. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Drikas, uh, uh, Rikas, <laughs> good evening to you both. Uh, Drikas, if I may start with you, it was a fairly chipper start to the week for the JSE. Um, some shares doing especially well and quite a lot of trading updates today. Uh, do you think maybe we're heading into November and December on, in, in generally more of a chipper mood? Yeah, we started out the festive season quite well in November, um, but I think most of it, Juliet, is unfortunately a bit of a bounce uh, from oversold levels. Um, equity indices globally have been uh, under pressure for the latter part of the, the, the year, and um, I think it's a proper bounce that we've had. Um, obviously, uh, no interest rate hike last week was a positive, but the, you know the, the comments from the Fed chair was, um, if you put aside some other comments that were done over hot mic, um, that was actually a very very hawkish, um, you know, mm-hmm. a session from him. So he still left the, the window open from for another rate hike. The interest rate. Uh, futures market disagrees. Futures interest rates, you know, are pricing in cuts earlier next year than before. You know, over the last few weeks, and you know, over the over the last two weeks or so, um, your long interest rates, ten years, twenty, thirty years, five year, have all come down uh, globally because of the US. Maybe once again from oversold levels, and that has played into a, a fairly let's say, good uh, earnings reporting season for, for some of the big tech players. Um, but yeah, still, uh, are dropping valuations. And if if the 10-year only stays here, that's 4.67 at the moment, if it only stays here, you know, all of the, the, the market as a whole, and especially those big tech companies, are very expensive. Yeah. So um, a short-term rally, maybe, but look, you're buying in at eye-watering valuations. Mm. Well, to some shares. I mean, certainly not a lot of shares on the JSE could be described as having sure. valuations that are eye-watering. I mean, this takes me to a question yeah. which, yeah, um, which Rickus, I'll, I'll post to you and then and go back to you, Rickus. Um And the viewer says, I've been seeing an uptick in share price performances this month in both my JS, uh, JSE, US and EU stocks. So are markets becoming more positive about equities or am I just too optimistic to invest more? Rickus. I think there's two, there's two things coming into play. Um, seasonality, which um, generally markets tend to turn positive in November and and um, go up during the um, holiday season, and that brings the um, second point into into play, which was this quarterly earnings season, which was the first quarter that we actually saw positive earnings growth in the U.S., and I think that has contributed to the rally we have seen. Um, and um, hopefully there's enough momentum to to um, to maintain it. So I don't think he's um, looking at smoke and mirrors. There yeah. certainly seems to be a bit more of a positive mood um, right now than there's been over the past six months. Okay, but just because the mood is maybe slightly better, does that mean that you should be <laughs> optimistic too? I mean, Drickus, you were talking about eye-watering valuations, but presumably only for a handful of shares and the handful of shares that has maybe carried markets this year. What about the rest of them? Um, or as I think, I, I yep. think it Orbis calls them the magnificent middle. 
How about how about those yeah. stocks? Yeah, sure. So, so both locally and in other emerging markets, and even in the US, um, if you just drop beneath a certain market cap or into certain sectors, there's a lot of value. Um, some of those sectors are already discounting uh, a mild recession, not a not a big one, mind you, but a mild recession. Um, so, if it does happen and shares sell off, you know, further from these levels, uh, there should be bargains longer term. Um, so yeah, I, I think generally we're finding a lot of value, but you have to dig a little deeper. You know, just buying um, seven odd shares with big market trillion dollar market caps and going to play golf—that's not going to work over the next few years. Hmm. Uh, Rickus, your thoughts? Totally agree with that. Um, I am looking at, as as Rickus said, you know, below the headline catching companies. Um, there's certainly a lot of value. In that, and, and you can just take a look at something like the Russell 2000 um, index, which is still looking very, very miserable. There's <laughs> none of that um, optimism has flown through to the um, lower end of the market, and and that's where you've got to take a look at. There's no use going and and buying um, something at a huge price earnings just because the mood is positive. I'd rather go and and buy something that's fundamentally undervalued and where a positive mood will contribute to the price momentum itself. Yeah, okay. Um, while we wait for questions to come through, which are fairly slow this evening so far, there were quite a lot of trading updates um, and a few results out today. Um, Rick is staying with you. The one that had the, probably the most dramatic uh, reaction as far as the share price was concerned was Zida, the, the vehicle uh, uh, leasing business that was uh, unbundled from Motus. Um, a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that Zeta's gone nowhere since it unbundled. Um, do you think the trading update that they put out kind of said, yes, the, <laughs> we have been misjudged by the markets? Um, and would that explain the 14% rally in the share price today? I would think so. I think there was a bit of a wait-and-see attitude. It is their maiden results. But they are in one of the f- very few growth sectors in the South African economy, which is, which is or lied to that at least, which is tourism. Um, and um, if you manage your business well, then obviously if, if um, that sector favours you, that's the kind of results you will get. Mm. Trickers, did you have a look at this? I mean, does it... Um... Oh, it's, it's, it's even off the rally today, it's cheaper. I think it's, it's on a three-price yeah. earnings ratio, just above. Yeah. And uh, it's going to pay down debt. I initially, looking at the, at the, the uh, pro forma figures before listing, uh, before unbundling, I thought there was, there was a lot of debt. doesn't look like it, and they're going to pay, pay it down quite rapidly. They already um, paid down uh, early before maturity, I think, uh, uh, one of the bonds coming due. Or some debt coming due. Yeah. What recall how much it was. So that's a positive sign. I think uh, the management, you know, um, the market didn't give them the benefit of a doubt at first. But yeah, it looks like they're willing to pay down debt. Um, obviously, you don't want to um, own a company with a lot of operating leverage and a lot of financial leverage on top of that. Mm-hmm. So bringing down financial leverage was definitely a plus. And uh, I think the, the share is due for a, a further re-rating, um, especially if they continue to pay down a little bit of debt. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, actually, what they pay down is quite substantial. And, and, and if you've ever felt that you got a raw deal from the bank, consider that Zeta was paying prime plus 1%. So that's a, a cool 12 points, what, 75%? 
I mean, you know, uh, yeah. that's a that's a horrendous rate. So it was one and a half billion rands worth of it, which they've managed to settle. And they said that net debt is going to be lower than 5.1 billion rands um, uh, for the second half. Um, right. There's a question on CAP, and, and there are some other results which we can get to, but let me get to that first. Um, can the panel give us a view on CAP? I mean, if we're talking about lowly rated shares, uh, Rickus, maybe going back to you, it's, it's had a really tough year, and a lot of people have have named it as their share pick and it's been very disappointing for a lot of people too. Um, what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the whole idea about CAP is that they've diversified across sectors as far as their operations are concerned in order to uh, mitigate any, you know, if, if one thing goes bad then the other thing might uh, might help it. But in CAP's case, I think it was just bad news from start to finish. Mm. Market is probably um, um, over discounted the bad news, which is why we've seen a bit of a rally from from really very very low prices. Still a still a good business, but as with all manufacturing in in South Africa at the moment, costs are just horrendous as far as I mean, whether it be electricity is concerned, or security, or power, or whatever whatever you have. Um, so it's a difficult environment to operate in. But um, if you believe in the country, then CAP is. A, a very nice niche industrial players, as far as I'm concerned. Drikas, your thoughts on CAP uh, and the fact that you've seen oh, a little bit of a turn in the share price, as, as Rick has said? Yeah, it's cheap. I think it's bouncing due to the going negotiations. Obviously, uh, Feltex, one of the bigger businesses inside there, though, they basically make seats for cars. Um, and they supply into the U.S. They supply a car market, etc., which is susceptible to you know the U.S. ending our uh, you know kicking us out of the GOA agreement. And it does look like we're going to be included for the next uh, decade or so. Uh, fingers crossed. And then uh, Feltex should carry the day. And um, you know, some good business in there. Uh, PG Bison. Um, I think they've got something like eighty thousand hectares of, of woodland. You know, that they own. There's solid. Um, asset underplay. Yeah, for Unitrans, obviously one of the better transport businesses in, in SA. So a few good businesses. It's trading at low multiples, five or six, yeah. maybe looking forward. Um, yeah, it's one that you should, if you, if you want some allocation to SA Inc., it's one that you should put in that drawer. How about African Rainbow Capital? So we're talking about share prices that have just been clobbered this year. And the viewer asks uh, whether the panel could comment on African Rainbow Capital's ongoing decline in its share price. Rickus, I don't know if this is, uh, we were just chatting in the break, if this is one that you look at or if I should direct it to Drickus. Um, well, what I can comment is because a lot of its listings are, or investments are not listed, you have to trust um, management valuation on that. And I think what's happening just taking a look at price momentum is that the market is just saying no those mm. valuations are too high it's uh, it's just discounting too much hope and not enough reality mm. okay Drickus, do you think the market has got it wrong or do you think the market has uh, a, a more acute sense of this than than management yeah well i'm on the sidelines here um there was issues with fees. I think they corrected some of the the, the, the fee-related uh, issues, so that's out of the the door. But yeah, big discount to NAV. But as Rikas just said, that NAV is contingent on you know a lot of valuations that you should take with with a whole bucket of salt. So um, and uh, some of the companies, in my opinion, is overvalued. 
and um, some of those those, those uh, unlisted companies. And uh, the market is not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. M- most of the most of the companies that are actually investment holding companies like ARC uh, are actually you know, they've, they've taken the route the last few years of just unbundling and delisting, like PSG, like Rembro is kind of doing at the moment, um, like Great is doing. You know, the market is moving in another direction than ARC is is moving. So. Mm. I don't really get the investment rush in Holland unless you really like the unlisted investments in there. I mean, do you, do you think we're suffering from uh, an overabundance of cynicism? I, I don't want to be any sort of everyone's yeah, corporate chill, yeah. but well, that's, that's <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So if you have, if you haven't got a, a clear plan to to deliver value or extract value or just um, unlock value for for shareholders in this market, the, the market is going to kill mm. you. Um, there's been 120 billion rands in um, foreign net outflows this year. That's that's a lot. That's a big year. And that's after a few years of outflows. Uh, I think 2021 with the bounce out of COVID was the only exception. But 120 billion in till the end of October. That's a big outflow. And, and secondly, as we've had Regulation 28 over the last say um, 18 months since February last year, you know the move from 30 to 45 percent. That's had a massive um, knock-on effect, and I've, I've just been reading some of uh, some of the the guys, some of wealth managers and asset managers' commentary the last while, and these guys actually market the fact that they are overweight randages. So, sign of the times, it feels very twenty thousand and one-ish. You know, mm-hmm. when everybody was over overweight, offshore overweight randages and um, it shows you know lower down in the jse where you've got a lot of sa inc stocks that uh that's just been bombed out and yeah. if you're not going to show investors anything special and ilc is not showing them anything special at the moment they might in the future with the nav trust etc but it's just not they're going to kill you yeah yeah, I mean, it's quite a conundrum. Also, for Remgrow, not to labor this too much, I'll get on to other questions, but, um, you know, Remgrow's whole thesis now is to create a portfolio of unlisted um, assets, which is to unlock value or, or, or to create value for investors. But then you also have to believe Remgrow's valuation. So it's a bit of a conundrum whether you're a, a holding company invested in unlisted or listed assets. It seems you're going to be at the sharp end of the market regardless. And, and, and Julieta, it depends on what kind of assets you have. If you've got something like Remgrow, some of those assets are just boring industrials. You know, it's easier to value. There's cash flow actually to value it. But if you've got companies that are growth companies uh, within a structure like investment holding company, it's, it's more, more difficult to assert what the valuation should be. Okay. All right. Um, then there's a, a viewer who asks about Robex. Um, he said there's uh, some direction on the stock would be great. I once owned it, but is it worth another look? Uh, Rickus, I don't know if you saw that they came out with results today, which seemed pretty decent. They have done pretty decent results for a, a long time. Um, do you think it's worth uh, worth considering? Well, Masab, I don't follow that closely these days. But yeah, track record, if you compare it with what's left in the um, building sector, you know, the, 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 the construction sector is certainly the, the best performer. I think one of the things they did mention is that um, the um, bottom line was somewhat um, positive as a result of um, a, a finalization of a project as to whether that's, you know, so it might not necessarily happen next year, but but as far as 
a company in that sector is concerned, they've got a strong balance sheet, they've got a pretty good um, um, order book and, and obviously pretty well managed and in the right um, sectors. In that sector, in the right kind of construction, which is which is really centered on, on infrastructure and roads. Mm. And a bit of renewables now. Um, Trickers, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, they, the share price has kind of bumbled along. Uh, is that unfair? Do you think the market's also being overly negative towards Robex, given the kind of results it's produced? Well, well I think it's in, in the wrong sector, you know, this, the whole sector has just been stigmatized, the construction sector. But as you just said, Julieta, they're moving into other stuff where there's a lot of demand now at the moment. And it's cheap. It's sitting at a, at a 5 odd PE, I think. Um, I'm not sure if I get the correct data here. I haven't looked at it in a while, but it looks like a 5 odd P with a 6% dividend yields. That mm -hmm. doesn't look expensive at all for for something that you know there's a, uh, there's a, there's a growing pipeline of projects that they can that they can uh, look after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then a question on property uh, stocks, and the viewer says, what needs to happen, or when is it forecast for property stocks to show some upward activity? Uh, Rickus. Um, also, a lot of the South African listed property shares are trading at like 50 odd percent discounts to, to their net asset values and they've had a pretty rough year. But there have been some variations between the worst and the best performers. So what well, would have to change? On, depending on where they specialise, but in a nutshell, they, um, there has been increased demand in the office sector, which a lot of companies which are exposed to that sector are really suffering for at the moment. and you need rates to, to become competitive, which it's not if you compare what, you, what your possible return is um, um, on your property versus what interest rates is, and then you apply a bit of a risk discount because of uh, loan to asset value, then it's not in that sweet spot where you say, well, they can charge more for people who are, um, you know, taking up their space and it's competitive if you if you measure it, or that return is competitive if you, if you measure it against something like cash hmm. okay so basically interest rates would have to fall i mean is that the, is that the one central thing that has to, has to happen to galvanize property shares on the jsc uh us. well that's obviously one input that's the denominator in your dcf um so that's obviously important but um I think more importantly for the sector fundamentally is that rental reversions need to stop, um, you know, uh, moving backwards. Uh, and I, you do see that happening in certain counters and in certain sectors. Uh, retail is fine. Um, it's much better. Um, residential is fine. There's a few small residential players, obviously, on the, on, on the market. And, um, you know, a lot of the companies are trading at discounts to NAV. And some of the management teams are unlocking value. They're selling, selling um properties at net asset value while the, the share prices are trading at 30 40 maybe 50 percent even in some cases discounts to nav and um you know those unlock value for for the shareholder so if you just sit there you will collect over time while waiting you get a dividend yield in most of them those that are suffering are still heavy in in um, office. office space yeah um office space haven't hasn't turned the corner yet um and in santin you know there's there's a lot of office space that went up there's a lot of office space that went up in in cape town and in pretoria as well there's still a lot of office space that have just opened um yeah. So uh, I don't see that one turning the corner anytime soon. Yeah, look, economic growth of maybe 3% would, I think, be a huge a galvanizing sure. factor. And then just very quickly before I get to your stock picks, so just very quickly, um, uh, could you please ask Drickus and
and Rickus whether they like the diversified miners at current prices, and if so, which is their preferred uh, investments, long-term investments. Uh, Rickus, do you have do you like them, and which would be your pick? I'm not usually bullish on the sector, but I do have exposure to the sector, and I'm in bulletin, although I would imagine that Anglo-American might have the more upside considering um, their investments in platinum, which is really platinum and palladium, you know, the BFG group of metals, which has really been knocked to on a smithereen. So Anglo-American a bit riskier, but bulletin just because of sort of I feel more comfortable and and and, and less risky. Yeah. Okay. And Drickers, I know you don't like iron ore, but does that put you off diversified miners entirely, or do you have any exposure? Yeah, and I'm not too too excited about those that have BGM exposure as well, like um, Anglo American. Um, you know, Britain is a, it's a great company, etc. But iron ore is still heavy, and it's a big company. Um, I prefer maybe something smaller. If, you, if you're talking about locally listed companies, Afrimat these days is nothing other than a. Um, yeah. So it's they're good capital allocators. You do pay a bit of a premium for them because of that. But I do think they they will continue with um, some shrewd capital allocation decisions. And um, uh, and there's some iron ore in there. You know, there's a lot of iron ore in, in there. But uh, I don't mind, uh, mind owning them because they will. They will transform their portfolio more rapidly than a big company and locally listed to my preferred diversified is Glencore because of the copper and the coal exposure. Okay, Jens, thanks. Um, so getting to your actual stock picks this evening, uh, Rickus, what's yours? Um, Deutsche Telekom, they, they basically entered the American market by buying Sprint um, early in the year, which gives a completely different growth trajectory from where they were in um you know europe mainly they they still remain the, you know the first or second biggest player in their various markets and uh one of those different aristocrats i don't think they've ever cut their dividends so um and current historic price earnings for about 17 not extremely cheap but i think um, considering the change in their income stream um longer term quite happy with that okay so deutsche telecom for you um Drickers, how about you no, I was about Premier Group or Premier Foods as we know it. Um, the reported today, it sits uh, roughly at a 2024P of 8, if our calcs are, are correct. They're about close to 60 bucks. And uh, they're not paying a dividend at the moment. They haven't been listed long. Uh, they're paying off a lot of debt, but they are uh, also expanding the business quite shrewdly. ROE is uh, close to 30%. Um, uh, some good brands in there. Um, quality business trading at a, a discount, you know, something like AVI in the same sector, not completely the same. You know, they've got some other businesses in there, not quite comparable, but, but it's trading at a mid-teens PE while this is sitting at an eight. Yeah. Um, so um, I think good discount for a quality ESA business. Okay. Great. Gents, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, Drickus uh, Combrink is from Capicraft. Rickus Redis is from PSG Holden One Rain And up next we have the close. So do stay with us. Thank <laughs> you.